0: Hey, Claire, want to talk about sexy books today? Yeah, I do, Blythe. Awesome. (laughs) When you need a sexy escape from a world that's gone insane, erotic fiction with romantic addiction. We've got some wrecks if you care to listen. I do have something that I can start with for today, which is sure. that I had, I used a face mask for the first time. I know that I'm late to the party on this, uh, but in a large part, because I used to have like really bad acne, so I'm always... When things are like moisturizing my face I'm like I really my face cannot take like any sort of oils or anything me too because... I can
1: almost use no face masks because they just make me really red
0: oh well just this was everything. not a peely one it was like a
1: yeah I can never use the peely ones <laughs>
0: okay. that does seem like a little questionable to me I mean I might try. I have one. I I have like tons of masks because they're such an easy thing for people to like stick in your stocking or just like hand you, I feel. So I have like some other masks. But um, yeah, I tried one today and um, it smelled delicious. My face smells like a pina colada. What was was it? I want to eat my face. Some sort of like a pineapple moisturizing it when I first put it on, it was like very cool on my face. It felt like a lot of more oxygen maybe was getting into it. Was my and what my was it supposed to do? Mm, it said that it should, I can't remember the word on it, but I feel like. What I remember was that it should make my face less, like, angry or something. <laughs> something along those lines. And Totes. yesterday I pretty aggressively plucked at my my mustache hair. So I was like, that's <laughs> probably what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, I didn't wake up. I did it last night. I I did the plucking last night, and then I did the mask this morning. So there wasn't really, like, any residual redness or anything but I just wanted to use it because I had it and also I painted my toenails last last night so I was like this is gonna be a spa weekend oh I did that <laughs>
1: yesterday too I like you took did. a bath I mean it's not a very sexy spa weekend because I like shaved my legs in the bath and like cut my fingernails <laughs> but I also That's did spa <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> With, like, your fingernails floating around you. Yeah. <laughs> but I also did a face mask. I did, like, I have this one from Shea Moisture that's, like, African black soap for problem skin. But it's very gentle, and it's, like, the only mask that I ever use. But I really like it. But, yeah, I had a little spa too. Oh.
0: Wow. It was mostly
1: just like regular hygiene though, and I had yeah. to like psych myself up for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, mine was also regular hygiene. <laughs> I mean, it was really We call that mask. spa now. We call that spa. <laughs> I mean, the toenails thing was huge because I I haven't I usually don't do my own... like sometimes I do, but usually I just go and get my toenails done like four times a year at max, but that's kind of enough for your toenails. And I don't know why, but it does feel like important to me. I I don't really wear makeup or anything, but I feel like for me, and not that I project this onto other women, but for me, I'm like, my toenails painted. That's like, I don't know. That's like my femininity. I like, I, I remember like, I take a lot of public transportation and I, like look down at people's toes when they're um, in the summer, and like you almost never see, like it's very rare to see like sandaled women's feet without any toenail polish. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I never do my fingernails because it it gets messed up really quickly, and uh, I don't have I don't have the patience for it. But it was nice to do my toenail. I would have just gone to a place, but now that we're out of court, or well medium quarantines now. yeah <laughs> we're in like I'm awkward vaccinated. quarantine <laughs> yeah confusing quarantine mm-hmm. but I have like all of these things backed up like I gotta get I gotta like get my haircut I have long not long. gotten a
1: haircut this whole since I was supposed to get a haircut when quarantine began last year so I've been cutting my own bangs this whole time, but I haven't cut my like actual hair.
0: I mean, your hair looks beautiful. If my hair could like Thanks. really grow, I wouldn't cut it. But it just I like it. Kind of it becomes a nothing.
1: It has a lot of split ends, though. I really do need to get it like trimmed up. But I. Yeah. Definitely not
0: a top priority. <laughs> no. But I also have to go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor in a long time. I haven't been to the optometrist in like several years and I did go to the dentist during quarantine and I have to go again cuz I got a piece of floss stuck in my teeth. Oh my god. It's been like a week and a <laughs> half now. <laughs> And so, um, I mean, it's fine. That's hilarious. Like, I'm like, at least it's not food that's gonna get like bacteria in it. But
1: it it's sure floss. Isn't it's
0: there to clean your teeth, really. So that's that's what I'm gonna tell the dentist. They're gonna get mad at me for waiting so long. I'm gonna be like, uh, it was cleaning it the whole time. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> I've been perpetually flossing this one gap. Yeah. <laughs> for a <little> <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah.
1: It's like weird. Yeah. I don't like going back into regular life. I had to go to the dentist and I hated it. And now I feel like I need to go to the gynecologist again soon just for my health. But gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about
0: our broker
1: today. I'm very excited too. This was like Well, this was a recommendation from somebody on Twitter, and I feel like it was the perfect recommendation for our podcast.
0: I agree. It was so thought-provoking in so many ways. Mm -hmm. The book is called Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. And the protagonist is asexual, which is... um, was so awesome. It was so awesome to read and how truly connected I felt to this character mm-hmm. the whole time. And me too. Uh I feel like it's really um I've always thought that sexuality or I've talked about it on this podcast. I haven't always thought it, but that sexuality is like not just a spectrum but like a galaxy and mm-hmm. I feel like this book more than any other has truly exemplified that
1: (laughs) yes oh my gosh I completely agree it was just fascinating in every way and I really I mean I don't know if you would even say that this is I'm not sure if this is technically a romance novel I know it's a young adult contemporary maybe romance novel yeah um but Well, I was just going to say that usually with romance, it is most of a lot of the books are kind of formulaic and you have some idea where they're going, whereas this one, I was just like driving blind, like I had no idea what was going to happen next. I didn't know like where it was going, but not in like a rambly way, just in like a I was just very interested all the time, and I didn't know what these characters
0: were going to do. <laughs> oh, exactly. I I didn't know if they were going to have sex or not. I didn't even know who was going to be the main character, like the I other know. main character, for a while, because she's also bi, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. So it was like, like there was a character early on where I was like, "Ooh, is she the one who's going to be that?" But that was a red well, herring. Yeah. So,
1: so the main character's name is Alice. Yeah. And she is black, queer, mm. and bisexual and asexual. Yeah. yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um but Oh, I completely forgot where I was going with that sentence, but that's true of Alice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, and you just have no idea what direction she's going to, because, well, do you want to do the synopsis? Sure. I have it right here. That
1: is a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's called Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. And here is the synopsis. Alice had her whole summer planned, non-stop all-you-can-eat buffets while marathoning her favorite TV shows, best friends totally included, with the smallest dash of adulting, working at the library to pay off her share of the rent. The only thing missing from her perfect plan, her girlfriend, who ended things when Alice confessed she was asexual. Alice is done with dating, no thank you, do not pass go, stick a fork in her, done. But then Alice meets Takumi, and she can't stop thinking about him or the rom-com-grade romance feels she did not ask for. Uncertainty, butterflies, and swoons, oh my. When Takumi becomes her knight with a shiny library employee badge, Alice has to decide if she's willing to risk their friendship for a love that might not be reciprocated
0: or understood. Excellent. Yeah, so it says it right up front, like the very beginning of this is a it's a great setup because she's breaking up with her girlfriend, and her girlfriend is just like she hasn't told her girlfriend that she identifies as Ace. Mm-hmm. So she's having sex with her girlfriend, but the girlfriend Margot breaks up with her because she's like I wrote down the quotes, like, um uh People don't not want to have sex without a reason. It's not natural. And I can't be with someone who doesn't desire me. You could never love me as much as I would love you. And it's brutal. And she's like, we had sex twice this morning. What are you talking about? Like, you were screaming with orgasms this morning, but it just still wasn't enough. And she, and just like, what a horrific character drag that that like it just sets it up so that you just fully understand what I mean maybe the, not like fully, but the fear of it.
1: coming out as asexual
0: yeah that people and are think, gonna
1: think you're not
0: normal
1: and you don't love them
0: <laughs> yeah that really was the central core and it felt you know it really it allows you for me, it opened me up to like examine like what is romantic love? Like what is it because it isn't the same as sex and that's what this book really beautifully spelled out. Mm-hmm. And um and so it was really exciting because you get the scene and then you realize that she has these like great friends, Feeney and Ryan, yeah. who who do know and who are together. And, they're, and so it doesn't, like, set it up this way, but Alice is, like, a little bit of the third wheel at this point in that friendship and relationship. Well, it's definitely, um, like,
1: a constant line to straddle with them because yeah. they are a threesome, but they're also a couple, and then Alice is not part of that couple.
0: But yeah, they still
1: value her, like, as a literal part of their family, but you also yeah. understand... Why Alice still feels left out sometimes.
0: Yeah, because they're not having threesomes together or... I mean... Nor would she want to, but... Right. (laughs) But
1: yeah. But they're
0: also not going to get, like... They're not all going to get married. Like, two of them are getting married. Exactly.
1: They're literally engaged. So it makes the divide even bigger all of a sudden. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then she and I... I'm sure you felt this before too, but it was perfectly described. Like someone is absolutely friggin' stunning. And yeah. that's Takumi. <laughs> like you just catch catch a glimpse of him. I've had this happen to me a couple of times, both of the times it happened on public transportation where <laughs> I saw this face and I was like, I can't <laughs> not look at this face for as long. Both times they like stared back at me because I was freaking st- <laughs> <laughs> like oh man I, one of them I saw twice and I just like it was so meaningful to me like just ha- seeing someone down like half a like double city bus um and seeing them twice and knowing that they like might be on my commute and then just like forever looking for them again <laughs> because I just couldn't handle it there are people like that you know like yeah, a Marilyn Monroe sure. to you that just like Like, their art, their face is a freaking work of art. (laughs) Yes. So, that was really fun. Yeah, it's
1: super fun. And, I mean, it's very interesting because you can fully relate to that, but with Alice, it's a little bit different. Because she has, well, for one thing, she has this, like, very strong... I don't know, sense of aesthetics, I guess you would say. Like, she has this thing called the cutie... Code? The cutie code. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like, rates everything that she sees, basically, on the cutie code and, like, how it matches her kind of aesthetics. And, like, when she sees Takumi, it's like, oh, he's, like, outside of the cutie code. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But... I loved that. I know. I liked it, too. Um... But so then she's, like, immediately confused when she meets him because she kind of feels like she might be sexually attracted to him, but she's really not sure.
0: Yeah. And he just, like, breaks
1: her scale, basically.
0: Yeah. And it made, I feel like I was right there in this confusion with her. Like, Mm -hmm. not only did I feel that confusion, but I also felt this, like curiosity about the book and the author where I was like is this book about an asexual person going to end up with them not being asexual after all or like that this this one person they do want to have sex with like I already was feeling this kind of like I don't know if I like that narrative because I don't feel like that is something that would happen with asexual very often people. that you
1: would just find the person that makes you sexually attracted
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and so even though my confusion was kind of coming from a different place I felt like it was still like this very genuine feeling in me too of like what this doesn't seem like what should happen but then I was also so excited in the moment like is she gonna want to have sex with this person because you know like I was down and (laughs) (laughs) and he is just like divine like I know he's like practically perfect yeah he pushed my like exact buttons like (laughs) he's like a really like healthy delicious eater and like made her food yeah he like cooks her dinner because she's a shitty cook (laughs) yeah slash like doesn't have any money to make food I guess but like both things. she doesn't have much confidence in her abilities right oh man I related to this character just as like an aside I don't think that I've ever related to a character more just in terms of, like, where they are in their life. Like, several, I wrote down several things. First of all, even just the use of parentheticals I used to write this blog all the time and like half of the blog was in parentheticals and uh so that really resonated with me I like that too
1: even in the description of the book there's like a bunch of things in parentheticals yeah and it really like it's very much her personality
0: yeah it yeah it just like screams personality the whole book just screams personality so the parentheticals but also like really like being declared undecided for school and being like, well, I love watching TV. Maybe I should um, major in watching TV. I literally did that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well,
1: major she. TV. So we should say that's like her whole other thing is that her parents are very strict and they have really high expectations for her. And basically, they just assume she's gonna become a lawyer because they told her to yeah and she's definitely not feeling that yeah um Um, but she still doesn't know what she wants to do she's she really has no idea she just knows that like law school is gonna kill her yeah
0: uh and she doesn't want to do that
1: yeah 100 (laughs) percent. i was like nobody in the fucking world could convince me to become a lawyer when i don't want to be one
0: Absolutely. That's crazy. That sounds insane. (laughs) But it also really just speaks to like, what a confidence drag if you feel like you have to be this thing and you just like, like to just feel like your life is over before it's even started because of this expectation Mm -hmm. is just really brutal. And, um, and yeah, she has like all of these things with her parents, like her parents pay her tuition and and like they have a lot of money but she does not want to be taking this money and she uh like works at the library and she's so proud of this job at the library and and uh Mm -hmm,
1: because they don't have to pay for like her discretionary spending now they only pay for her tuition right yeah I really liked that part like I really related to that I just like I mean, my parents are awesome, but just the feeling of being beholden to somebody because they have a certain expectation of what you're going to do with that money or, like, the opportunities they've given you, you know? Yeah. It's like, I really liked, if we can just, for this one thing, skip to the end of the book, like, she ends up not taking their money for school anymore, and she's like, I'm going to do the thing that I want to do, and I'm going to make it work. And I think that's awesome. And then her dad ends up paying for her like groceries and her rent anyway cuz yeah. he's like, "I don't necessarily support the path you've chosen, like this career path you've chosen, but I still love you and I still support you." So, yeah. I thought that was a good compromise cuz parents don't owe you your tuition, you know, right. but But I also didn't like the idea that she should only get help if she's doing exactly what they want her to do. Yeah. So I thought that was nice the way it all wrapped up with that.
0: Yeah me too and like parts of it like I almost was like annoyed with not I wasn't annoyed with the character I was really just annoyed with like my past self of having like being indecisive but I think it's It's like, if you have one idea of what you're going to do, then you can feel kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to like exploit the word lazy on this, but that's what it can kind of feel like is like, you're so unmotivated to do this thing and you can't see another path. So like, why would you work your hardest on this? And then once you realize that there is something that could be really fulfilling But maybe there's a lot of obstacles in your way. Well, suddenly those obstacles don't seem that hard because you really want to do it. And so she was like, I can't even bear to take this like legal seminar that's going to be four hours. Like I can barely (laughs) stand even thinking about walking into that room. But when I think about being uh, an interior designer, like Mm -hmm. I am willing to go to community college. I am willing to like babysit and work at this library and pay for these credits and live off of ramen so that I can, or not ramen, but like, you know, cup noodles or whatever. Um, Bake you, ramen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that I can make this happen. And then suddenly like, how empowering that is to like realize I'm not lazy. I just didn't, didn't I wasn't motivated about by that. this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's such a huge difference, like, of just framing the way that you're thinking about things. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, because, like, people can make you feel like you're really lazy because you don't care about the things that they care about. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Her parents seemed really rough. Like, she described it as... They were
1: very rigid. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it made sense because I do think, like... Well, they
1: talk about, like you're black in this country it's really hard mm-hmm. to live in this country we want you to not only be successful and happy but like change the system from within
0: which is amazing but a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> and they had two like she was like a later in life kid so they had like two other kids mm-hmm. one became I think maybe they both became lawyers and like at the time of this book one's a politician. One wanted
1: to be a lawyer. The other one, the sister, dropped out of law school twice before she actually made it all happen. Yeah, but but nobody told Alice that
0: Mm -hmm. because (laughs) she yeah, and she's so much younger. And it was like all four of them were on her like her brother, her sister, her mom, and her dad. And her mom was like really nosy about all of her stuff too, so she couldn't even go and see a therapist without her mom knowing and like reacting, which is not okay. That's no, that's okay. really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really felt so bad for Alice, honestly, through this whole book. Because, I mean, she has so many people who love her so much, but they're all coming at her so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, her best friends, Ryan and Feeney. I mean, Feeney, I loved. But she is mean.
0: <laughs> She's a fighter.
1: She's a literal fighter. She really, she, like, wears all of her feelings on her sleeves. And a lot of her feelings are very angry. Yeah. And I just, like, felt so hard for Alice, who, like, doesn't want conflict, you know, and is kind of just, like, trying to make everybody happy, but kind of failing at making anybody happy. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, once she starts hanging out with Takumi more... Feeney gets really jealous. And then it's a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, they have a very unique relationship.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful, but it's also a little like codependent mm-hmm. of a relationship, and that it's not it just isn't really fair to Alice because Alice doesn't have Orion. She doesn't have like a fiance who's who's on her side. Mm. Even though Ryan seems great and was, was Ryan on was her side. like,
1: yeah, he did do a pretty good job I think of trying to mediate both of them. Yeah. While understanding he is engaged only to Feeney.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's like they have this like family night that they mm-hmm. celebrate of the three of them and they decided to go to like a frat party, I think. Yeah. And then like when they It was like a Halloween party. Yeah. And Beanie and Ryan were like already drunk by the time Alice got there. And so at some point they just like left, they went into like a room to like to have sex. To have sex. (laughs) And then Alice was left at the party and like was immediately like harassed by some guy who was like, I've never been with a black girl before and like just like really fucked up shit um
1: this movie i mean this book gives you lots of just little tastes without going into it too much of just like how fucking annoying it must be just to exist as her sometimes uh uh-huh because she
0: does get hit on a lot (laughs) yeah and i mean again you're right it doesn't go like overly into it it's just like it you couldn't if you're talking about a black woman who is also asexual you can't not acknowledge the fact that our culture over sexualizes black women and mm-hmm. so she's also getting hit from that angle of of being over sexualized and she actually doesn't want to engage in it in any way which I mean it's not yeah. okay for people who even do want to engage in it but for her it's just this like particular yeah extra layer it's... of problematic
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but then we get Takumi, who's so awesome, and, like, it's great because she, like, it starts out, and actually, so she she does get to see a therapist, so she doesn't go through her primary physician the way that her, because she doesn't want her mom to, like, be worried about why she's seeing a therapist, so she, like, finds a friend who, like, has a therapist who will give her like one free session and she's like i'm gonna just try to get through this in one session um (laughs) and luckily he ends up giving her like a real discount to like come back later yeah but um but she she does get to talk through it with a therapist and and it's and actually i'm gonna read a little passage about it because i think that it really exemplifies what the challenge here is which is both that she that she's not sure what's happening with Takumi like this is a stronger feeling than she's felt before and now she she's been comfortable with her identifying as asexual as ace for a long time but now she's not sure if that is accurate but then also it goes into why it's really challenging like she really lays out like why this whole thing is challenging which is because it's confusing. It's confusing to people. Yeah,
1: one thing that I thought was really interesting was that when she thought she might not be ace, it was, like, very upsetting to her and, like, concerning. Like, she didn't want to not be ace.
0: Yeah. Which
1: is just, like, a side note, but I just thought that was interesting, that, like, a lot of people would probably assume, oh, you just want to be quote-unquote normal like everybody else, but, like... It's actually much more... Like, the thing for her through this whole book is, like... Takumi never negates the identity that, like, she tells him she is. Yeah. And I feel like that's, like, a really big thing. Is like... It's whatever identity makes you feel the most comfortable. And, like, that's the most important thing. It's... And, like, that's the thing that I think that other people should take away from is, like, I don't know. It's just a very stressful and confusing thing. And whatever people tell you they are, you should just take them at their word and not try to convince them that they're something else.
0: Oh, my God. It, <laughs> that should be the, like, broadest headline. That that needs to be the number one thing that we absorb is, like, yeah, trust people <laughs> when they tell you what their lived experience is. Because so many people don't, and
1: that yeah. thing of being like it's not natural and everything is, like, just like fucked what,
0: up. Like, what do you fucking know? I know! <laughs> uh. Wait, so I'm gonna read the passage. Yeah, go ahead. Alright. I would say I'm unhappy, but I am confused. She swallowed hard, her jaw ached. I don't experience, you know... I'm not sexually attracted to... boys. His face remained blank except for a small, encouraging smile. Alice practically saw the word lesbian flashing in his eyes. Or girls, she continued, or anyone. And there it was. A subtle lifting of his eyebrows, one blink too many, the corners of his mouth evening out. Well, it's rare, it's not uncommon. Great. Rare. That was the exact opposite of comforting. ''There is a name for it,'' he said. ''Do you know what that's called?'' ''I do,'' Alice fidgeted in her seat. ''That's how I identify that word.'' ''And is that word the stuff that you have questions about?'' ''Not exactly.'' ''Indirectly,'' she said. ''At my job, there's this guy, um, this person, and when I saw them, I felt something.'' ''Attraction?'' ''Sexual attraction, I guess.'' He raised his chin, eyes thoughtful. How did seeing this person make you feel? Feeny would make a great psychologist. She would make a mental note to tell herself. Well, you see, there's something else you should know about me. I have an intense aesthetic attraction. I like cute things. Animals, clothes, makeup, decor, nature, pretty designs. You know, just things that are eye-catching. And that includes people but it's not sexual at all. I get really excited about the way things look and I like talking about it so it can be confusing sometimes. For them, I mean, not me, I don't feel anything. I don't get, you know, aroused looking at cute things. So when I saw t- I mean, the person, I thought that's what it was at first. They were just exceptionally cute, but then I got really hot and was having trouble thinking and there was action happening down there, and I'm confused about stuff now. Did you want to have sex with this person? I don't know, maybe. (sighs) She sighed. No point in holding back now. I'm still figuring out how that's supposed to feel. Allow me to rephrase. Did you explicitly think of sexual activity in response to seeing this person? No, I mean, it wasn't like I wanted to take him to the supply closet for a quickie or something. What about now? Would you like to have sex with him? I haven't thought about it, she said. Dr. Burris clasped his hands together, resting them in his lap. A common misconception is the difference between arousal and attraction. Arousal is a physiological response, whereas attraction is an experience, and they are not mutually exclusive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Regarding your situation, it seems your arousal may not have been a direct result of a desire to have a sexual experience with a person. Of course, it's possible that it was, but that's something that only you can explore and decide for yourself. So what does that mean for me and who I am? You seem to be uncomfortable saying that word, and if it's okay with you, I'm going to say it. I think you know what I'm talking about. It's fine. "'Asexuality isn't something that's black or white. "'There is a multitude of shades of gray in between. "'Being potentially sexually attracted to one particular person "'isn't as outlandish as you've convinced yourself it is.' "'I know that stuff. "'There's this thing called the internet, and it's quite handy,' Alice joked. "'Dr. Burris raised an eyebrow.' I mean, thank you for saying that. It's very reassuring to hear, but I don't think I'm being clear. Everyone talks about sex like it's the greatest thing in the history of all things, and I don't get it. I kept waiting to want to do it, to not have to be convinced all the time, to even think about it, and it just never happens. But like, even knowing that I knew I could get aroused, I've experienced it before. That was just the first time it happened because of another person, and I didn't even think about sex. My friend brought it up later. None of this makes sense, and I need it to. Why? Because how else will I ever- Alice snapped her mouth shut, promptly staring at her feet. Ever what? He asked gently. Alice closed her eyes. Look, I know all of this. I have read books and articles and websites. I know what asexuality is and isn't. She opened her eyes, staring at the couch defeated what I don't get is why this is happening to me now. I figured all of this out years ago and now all of a sudden I'm changing. How am I ever going to explain this to anyone? You explained it to me. Alice slumped forward head down. Wearing her asexualness, sharing that fact about herself with the world wasn't something she was ready to do. One day she knew the time would come And she had her speech ready, a typed paragraph, the paper folded five times and hiding in her sock drawer. It was her safety net, the thing she held at night saying one day, one day, while during the day she refused to think about it. And now that one day was here and she was speechless and lost. But you know, she said, you get it. I am not trying to trivialize anyone else and what they have to do, but if I go to my parents and say I'm a lesbian, they would know what I meant. If I went to my siblings and said I'm bisexual, they would know what I meant. If I tell anyone I'm asexual, they're going to look at me like there's something wrong. They're going to tell me to go to a doctor. They're going to tell me I'm too young to know what I want or I'm still developing. Or they'll tell me how important sex is to finding a good man. Or they'll think they can fix me, that I'm lying because I don't want to sleep with them. It's hard enough trying to explain that word, so how in the hell am I going to explain I'm a biromantic asexual? They're really going to think I'm making this shit up. You're worried whomever you choose to tell won't believe you. That's important to you? Of course it is. How would you feel if you exposed your identity and the world pointed and laughed and called you a liar to your face? Would you ever want to do that again? How am I supposed to have any kind of romantic relationship with someone if I feel like I can't tell them the truth? My girlfriend broke up with me because she thought that since I didn't desire her, I wouldn't be able to love her, which is not true at all. I am very loving. I cry at the end of rom-coms. My favorite movie is Splash. I want someone to give me flowers and take me on dates. I want to fall in love and wear a gigantic princess dress at my wedding i want to have a happy ending too and all that other magical stuff i want what books and tv and the world has promised me it's not fair that i should have to want sex to have it so you're so right about takumi and what's cool is that like it's clear from the start what's so cool about the dynamic of this book is like she has this intense attraction to takumi we don't know what this means and also, Takumi clearly has an intense attraction to her, too. And mm-hmm. she knows that. It's just the problem is that if she engages with this, she like she doesn't have faith, and there's really no experience she's had yet that would give her any faith that that not having sex would be okay for for Takumi for and, anybody, for anybody. Yeah. Well, because she
1: says at some point, like she came out once to her girl, her ex girlfriend Margot, and before that she came out to her ex boyfriend. Before that, and she said that like both times it was like they were just reading off a list of like all the wrong things that you could possibly say to somebody when they come out to you, and it was all of those things like it's unnatural do you not love me yeah all of this stuff so she's understandably like terrified to bring it up to takumi or like they have a pretty good friendship going on that's like very close and she doesn't want to fuck that up by
0: yeah you know anything yeah and her nickname in high school was the corpse Oh my God, I forgot about that.
1: That was horrible. And so, oh my God, it bothers me so much because it's such private information. Like she gets that nickname because she she tries having sex with her boyfriend Yeah, and he like tells everybody that she just laid there and like she didn't like it. And it's such bullshit because, you know, if you're a girl and you like it too much, then like you'll get shit for that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. You just—I mean—it's not about like when it comes to that stuff. It's not on you. Anything like you just—you're allowed to be whoever you need to be, whoever you are. Yeah. You. Uh, yeah. and kids are just mean. People are mean sometimes. Yeah. But it's cool because she and Takumi develop this really beautiful friendship where they're like Uh always at the library and they have these. well and he's even
1: dating someone right for like a lot of the book Uh, or no i don't think so i think that he he had a girlfriend he had a girlfriend and she cheated on him cheated on him so he's kind of still getting over that i guess yeah
0: because it comes up
1: like a few times but
0: yeah and she's like At his place all the time. I feel like they're, like, cuddling all the time. (laughs) All the time. He gets sick, and she, like, takes care of him. Sleeps in his
1: bed with him. And, yeah, yeah, she cooks for him.
0: (laughs) She makes homemade chicken noodle soup, which is, that would would be the key to my heart. Homemade chicken noodle soup? (laughs) Oh, gosh. I would love that. Um, (laughs) And so it gets to a point where Takumi is, like, she can tell that he's, like, going to ask her out. Like, she's kind of been there the whole time, but he's right about to ask her out, and she's like, wait, stop. I need to tell you a thing. And so mm-hmm. this is huge for her, because she has really only told Ryan and Feeney before. And the and therapist.
1: her ex. Well, and, yeah, you're right, not I don't even think her she ex's. told Margot, yeah. No, she and. didn't even tell Margot, and Margot still managed to say everything wrong. Exactly, so.
0: exactly. <laughs> and so um so she she kind of like before he even has a chance to ask her out she cuts him off at the legs there and is like listen I need to tell you I'm ace like and I'm not I have in the past had sex with partners because that's what they wanted to do I'm not gonna do that anymore I'm not gonna have sex just because someone else wants to do it and so I think he was like pretty good in that moment like he really just didn't talk which I think is the right choice like if this comes up and you don't know what to say because someone is telling you about their identity and you don't know anything about that I think it is helpful to just like don't say the first thing that comes into your mind shut up she even
1: says that in the book well I'm not sure if it's that exact moment but it's multiple points she says like he just waited to see what I would say like he And that made her happy. Like, she was just like, it gave me a minute to, like, think. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, you know, I didn't just he didn't just react.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, Sid when we were reading the Jay Northcote book. I can't Mm -hmm. think of the title of it. Where. Starting from scratch. Yes. Starting from scratch. Where it was like, shut up don't like just take it in you don't need to mm-hmm. react you don't need to say the first second third whatever thing that you think of but afterwards then go home and do research because we live in an information age and it's so mm-hmm. easy to like <laughs> look stuff up and I think that's what Takumi did too is he mm-hmm. like looked stuff up and he read about it but it still comes up later too where
1: well it kind of is like he definitely does research at home, but you can tell he has more questions yeah. that he's like afraid to ask her. Cause you can yeah. tell that they're both dancing around this like attraction or, you know, like for each other. Yeah. Whatever it is. But he's definitely afraid. He doesn't seem to know what the parameters of her asexuality are, and he seems afraid to ask her. And that's why I think it becomes a little bit more... Like, it comes to more of a head when she actually asks him out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's when Takumi doesn't do a great job. Yeah. And it's, like, the
1: only time he doesn't do a great job. And I don't even blame him, because... It is really hard to know what to say. And, like, he likes her so much. And, of yeah. course, he wants to go out with her. But he also is straight and sexual. And he wants, like, his norm is to want to have sex with her. Yeah. So, like, when she actually asks, she ends up asking him out. And it doesn't go super well because he just doesn't. He basically says, like, I don't know if I can give up sex and I need to think about it yeah which I think is a very valid thing but also I understand how it's a hurtful thing
0: yeah and I think he was caught off guard because I think that he because she had revealed this earlier that she was ace ace that I think he was like well then we're not going to have a romantic relationship
1: right I thought he I mean I think he thought that just any sort of more than friendship was off the table. So when she did ask him out, I think it was really confusing and like shock, surprising to him. Right, which
0: does make sense, and he knows he's like, but I, you were really clear about like he he repeats what she had said, but he yeah. says it, and it, it yeah, it was just it was pretty brutal because she was like, for her like they already they weren't kissing but besides that they were already dating like they were they were basically a couple like they
1: cuddled all the time they hung out all the time he made her dinner like every day yeah
0: Yeah. and so she was like I think that this would look the same basically like there wouldn't be much change here but but it does but then what Sorry, what he ends up saying is, like,
1: he's like, it's hard for me to understand because I have these strong feelings for you. And it makes me want to have sex with you. Like, that's what it becomes. Like, I know that if I really, really care about you, I want to have sex with you. So it's hard for me to understand that you don't. Yeah. But then he goes on to say a lot more about how he does understand. Yeah, But he has to think about it. It's just really hard. Yeah. Like it's a hard mental shift because we're so conditioned to think that romantic love equals sex. Exactly. No matter what.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, like, I feel like this book really helped me to separate those things in my mind, too. And he explains it really great at the end. Like, he, they have this moment he knows he's fucked it up like yeah he, knows <laughs> that he said all the wrong stuff she leaves it takes them a really long time to get a hold of him but luckily they both work at the same place so yeah <laughs> uh, she can't really escape uh i guess it's i don't want to say luckily because in different circumstances that would be terrible but in this it was good and so he yeah. was like listen what i was thinking and keeping in mind that like he was cheated on i think that that's kind of an important part of it too mhm but he he was like what sex means to me is that you feel so deeply about me like that you're validating your desire for me and your your need mm-hmm. for me and that when we had this conversation and you uh you felt like i was turning you down you were so sad about it and that's how I realized like you do feel these things for me he was like I saw that it would
1: be painful for me to break up break it's not a breakup but whatever yeah. for us not to be together anymore in the way that we are
0: <laughs> yeah and it, I mean it came back to like that central thing of like if you don't want to have sex are you even attracted to me do you even love me and the she was able to, like she demonstrated that by being so upset that he didn't want to be with her Mm -hmm. because of it. And that, and so, I mean, but like, as we said, like every other thing, like for the most part, they were never going out. Like they just wanted to be together all the time. And they wanted to cuddle together all the time. And now what are they? She just wants to kiss a sweet face all the time. And, uh, (laughs) and well and and that
1: was the thing too that was interesting to me was she does want to kiss she wants she likes like cuddling and kissing and she might like more but she just doesn't know and I think one of the things she said was like I don't want that to be the expectation Mm -hmm. that like that will happen eventually Mm -hmm. it might but I have no idea and if I don't want to have sex with you ever then I don't want to have sex with you ever yeah that's the way it is
0: (laughs) and that we can still have a romantic partnership like that that doesn't define a romantic partnership
1: (laughs) yeah I mean I just loved that this book was so it really makes you rethink all of your relationships I think because like her relationship with Feeney and Ryan is so intimate and personal and they are like family I honestly wondered if it was going to go in some sort of like poly direction at some point like (laughs) yeah well I was just like I don't know like they keep calling themselves a family and like I couldn't tell if Feeney was like more jealous than a friend would be you know what I mean like I kind of wondered if like she if Feeny thought of them as more of a relationship than alice did Mm -hmm. like that just crossed my mind because i just didn't know where this book was going ever yeah (laughs) i was like never sure what people were thinking or like anything but it did just make me like reframe relationships a lot and think like about how all of these relationships are potentially the most important relationships in Alice's life, you know what I mean? Whereas you don't always think of, like, your friends as being whatever, you know. But,
0: yeah. That's true. And it also, I mean, just to piggyback off of that, I feel like I I was able to understand because you and I talk yeah. about this all the time that, like, I... I'm not sure that this will happen, but I could easily see a world where our partners uh, die. Or I, I don't want to, you know, we're young, so nobody's dying anytime. But and you so know. I can think of it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't upset me right now to think about it, but, like, I could see living the rest of my years with you and, and, and us having a house and dogs, and, like, I don't imagine us having sex, but I still think that I would commit to you in this in the level of a deep partnership and that doesn't feel weird to me at all it feels absolutely regular I completely regular.
1: <laughs> agree I I wish I had
0: written the quote down because
1: I don't think I have it but there's this part where I think Feeney says something about like where you Alice and Feeney are soulmates and yeah. like she's like Ryan is my person right now like my you know but she's like, I just feel like we would know each other in other lives. Like, I feel yeah. like we would find each other in other lives. Yeah. And I just loved that.
0: Because, yeah.
1: like, we always put romantic attraction and, like, relationships as, like, the highest thing on the pedestal. But all of our other relationships are just as important.
0: Yeah. And didn't you talk about... We talked about this, not on the podcast, of, of I can't remember the specifics, but I feel like you read about two women who share a life together and it's like platonic, I guess, and that they don't have sex, and but they maybe have a kid together or something along those lines, but they talked about how they couldn't even imagine centering a relationship oh, on yes. romance.
1: I literally just read an article about that recently yeah. where I think these two women got married I'm not even positive but I think they got married and they are not they don't have a sexual relationship at all but they're just like why would I put any relationship over this relationship with my friend who I feel is my soulmate who is like the most important person to me why just like as a matter of course yeah. would I cast that aside for a man <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's just this book makes you think a lot more about all of the possibilities, I think. Yeah. And and
0: so after I read this book, I I couldn't help it. And I I imagine that very few people would just be able to read it and be like, okay, next. Like I had to go through (laughs) and like look at more content about being asexual in the ace Mm -hmm. community and one, and maybe we can link this in the footnotes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to, like, I found glad.org and, and it was Ace Guide to Finding Your Community. And they did, like, kind of a, just a list of, like, kind of broad categories of people who would probably identify as asexual if you were asking just because that's the most common um, word for for anybody who identifies as as kind of off the spectrum in this way or that that's not right but like um just anybody who potentially doesn't experience sexual attraction in whatever these nuanced ways are and so i i wrote them down the the ones that they go through but the point is is not even the different categories but just that and and we opened with this that sexuality is idiosyncratic like I would Mm -hmm. say that every that there are as many types of sexuality as there are human beings on this planet
1: well (laughs) yes and I think that's like the thing that we always try to talk about in this podcast and the Uh thing that I always want to remember is that like everyone is different Pretty much everything is normal.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: it's this huge, huge spectrum.
0: It's a galaxy. It's a human yeah. galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> and all, like, so I, w- I guess I will name them the ones that they name, which is not like an exhaustive list, but they talk about asexual, aromantic, gray sexual, slash gray romantic, demisexual. That's like if you don't fully fall into the asexual or aromantic thing. Then demisexual, demiromantic, which is more about, like, being emotional, like, having an emotional bond to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Reciprosexual and reciprooromantic, which is only being attracted to people when they're attracted to you. Um, uh, There's many words for this, but the one that they flagged the most was achio-sexual and achio-romantic, which is when attraction fades, if the attraction is reciprocated. And then there's a- Ace Flux and aeroflex. So, again, those are not the the only ones by a long shot, but what it really nailed down for me, like when I hear these descriptions, I'm like, I, I could fall into any of these categories, really. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, how many times have I had sex when I wasn't totally feeling it? Or, like, just that you're... even those of us who think that we're not, like, That we're just cis hetero normative people. Like there are Mm -hmm. so many things that you can feel, and they're all normal. They're all normal. No,
1: and the thing for me is like, what is bad about labeling those all of those different idiosyncrasies? I can't say that word, but (laughs) if it makes you feel better, like. There's no... I just see a lot of people being like, oh, kids today, like, they have so many labels and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, I feel like it's just showing us how different we all are. And... But that we all... I don't know.
0: Yeah. uh, No, (laughs) I think you're getting it exactly right because I sometimes... You know, for me, and I'm open to being um educated more on this but i feel like to me it's helpful to always have a word for everything because then when you want to talk about this experience you have a word that you can right. talk about well but it, well just that it doesn't mean you have to know every single word you don't have to flagellate yourself because you didn't yeah. know about ace flux or something it just means that we, we put a word to it so then So then people can talk about it and we're all talking about the same thing.
1: And one of the things that that makes me think of is like when Alice was questioning her sexuality and she thought she might be sexually attracted to to Kumi. somebody, I forget who, brings up like, well, maybe you're gray sexual. Yeah. And that makes her feel so like happy and validated because she's like, it's not getting rid of what I thought I was. It's just giving it like. A different label that still affirms who I feel like I am
0: yeah yeah and yeah to me I mean language is just about communication so yes. you feel what you feel regardless but once you have a word to put to it then you're more able to talk about it with other people and I would well, and that's the, the
1: other thing that this book made me think about is like Almost, God, everybody has sexual problems. Like, everybody has weird hang-ups and, like, issues. And we just need to talk about it. Like, communication is the most important thing because when you can just talk about it and it's out in the open, you can get past it. But when you keep it as a secret, you feel like you're the only person who's dealing with that, you know?
0: And it becomes,
1: like, this huge
0: thing. yeah. And isn't that, I mean, if I've learned nothing in the past, you know, 10 years of life, it's that if you try to plug up a hole, if you're ashamed of some sort of thing in your life, it is going to come out in some other way and it's probably Mm -hmm. not going to be great. Like it's, so to me, it's just like, let people live their true selves. And to the extent that, you know, I mean, this whole podcast is like, everything is good everything is normal as long as there's consent and i don't think underage yes. people can consent but yes <laughs> <laughs> or animals but <laughs> but yeah
1: but yeah i just there's this one i there's just this one quote that i wanted to read yeah. where she said um Love shouldn't hinge solely on exposing your physical body to another person. Love should love is intangible, universal. It is whatever someone wants it to be and should be respected as such. And I was like, fuck yes. Oh, fuck <laughs> yes. Gosh. Love is not sex
0: and sex is not love. No. Exactly. Oh, that is such a maybe we should just you should do that quote again and we just end the podcast there because <laughs> that's that's the key. That's almost like the essence of this whole podcast is I mean, well, that's not the essence of this whole podcast, because we do talk about sex all the time, but... (laughs) I mean, we love sex, and sex is
1: awesome, but it's not the only thing, and I just want to reiterate, like, everybody has problems and hang-ups with sex. Like, nobody is just a perfect person who... Nobody, like, normal people aren't porn stars who are just ready to fuck all the time, so... We all have hang-ups that like we need to be to talk about and be open about, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I just really appreciated that this book made me think about all of that stuff more and in like a different way than I have before.
0: Yeah, me too. I feel like I'm sure that this is clear from everything we've said, but I so I do want to just clarify there is not any explicit sex in this book. It's probably, besides our oh, other, yeah. um, gosh, what is it called? The Come As You Are. Besides Come As You Are, there's, this is the first book that we're doing that isn't explicitly about sex, but it is, expo- I mean, it is about sex. It is totally about sex. It's That's what so this- much about, yeah, sex and sexuality. yeah. Uh, But there aren't any, like, explicit sex scenes. Um, But there are lots of very nice
1: cuddling scenes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, I I loved Takumi, and I loved Alice. And, like, I loved all of their... Like, there was so much intimacy in this book
0: without sex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that chicken noodle soup, we didn't even... I mean... (laughs) It kind of comes up, but Takumi has these like twin nieces. Yes. Are, oh, it's adorable. Just killing me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even. Any man enjoying his time with his twin nieces is going to make my pussy yeah. explode. <laughs> I mean, in a good
1: way. God, and there's like no questioning. Takumi was just about as perfect as you could hope. Yeah. For like a love interest to be. He was so sweet. And just always, even if he didn't say the right thing every time, he always took time to listen, which I think is the most important thing. And I don't think, you know, when she did ask him out and he was so caught off guard, I don't think like I don't blame him for his reaction. And I think it's fair to be like, I do need to think I need to think about it. Yeah. Like, what it will mean for us and everything. Because yeah. if you're not going to have sex in your relationship, it's different. It's something to talk about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can think of, like, a hundred ways to work around it, though, honestly. For sure. I mean, I've <laughs> As definitely As proponents talk... of sex toys.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, she talks about how she likes to do other stuff. And, like, yeah. who knows what all that expands to, but... I mean, we've said it on this podcast a million times before, but, like, penetration is not the be-all, end-all, and it's it's not anything for some people, so there's exactly. lots and lots of other things to do. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh, yes, especially if you're just like, I would like to please my partner, and I know that they are a sexual person, like, <gasps> That's, that's a huge wide window. <laughs> well, and the end of the book leaves it very open-ended.
1: Like, it yes. doesn't talk about what they do or anything. They've been, By the end of the book in the epilogue, they've been dating for seven months. So you know they're still together. Yeah. But you don't really know, like, if they've done anything else, which definitely is not the point. Right. Um. But I just liked that. I liked the ending, that it left things open-ended and it was like, yeah, we've been together for seven months, which is pretty dope. Who knows what's going to happen from here?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, I loved reading this book. I'm glad that you uh brought it to me and that Twitter brought it to you. Yeah, me
1: too. I, this was such a good recommendation. I really, really liked it.
0: Yeah. And I would be really interested to read... I'm, I definitely will be really interested to read Claire Con more. Me Claire too. Kahn. She has a few books
1: for sure. I haven't looked into any of the other ones, but I know she has other young adult books that I bet would be great. I did see something on Claire Con's Twitter recently that I wanted to mention. Yeah. Which was that she said, basically, she was like, "Hey." It would be cool if people stopped conflating me with my characters. Um, Let's Talk About Love is not autobiographical. So I'm assuming that the author is not asexual. And I did want to mention that because I feel like people so often think, especially with romance authors, that like authors are whatever they write about. And especially with romance, you should not make those kinds of assumptions about the authors. Yeah. <laughs> just because you read a book doesn't mean that you know their sex life. Yeah. Or that you're, like, privy to that information.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good note. I'm I'm glad you yeah, said that. Yeah, fully just a
1: side note. But I did just see that, like, yesterday on her Twitter. And I was like,
0: mm, it's nice. worth
1: mentioning. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I'm glad that... Claire Conn is a part of my life. I love, uh, Claire's who write romance. <laughs> me too! Seriously,
1: <laughs> I'm definitely going to check out more of her books because this one was so interesting for yeah. me and, like, so out of my wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and I said it up top, but this character was, like, so much more relatable than so many college... Characters oh my god! That we have I were Like so motivated about their exact dream or whatever. Dude, like seriously, thank you, thank you, Alice, for representing my college experience, which was by no means <laughs> like a, a straight path. She was. I mean, I'm not trying to knock any
1: of the other books that we've read, but I have read a lot of romance that we haven't talked about on this podcast that I didn't really like. And (laughs) there are a lot of books where they're like, oh, the heroine, she's klutzy and blah, you know, like a typical rom com thing. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but she's still obviously gorgeous and whatever. She's fine. Yeah. I loved Alice. Like she was such an idiosyncratic, like real person with real problems
0: and cutie code. Yeah, and so much like pop culture references, like oh my god, every page had. She some pop should culture. be an interior designer. That is the oh, perfect yeah. career for her. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's exciting to be able to like see that manifest in this book too. I, I feel yeah. like that storyline was. Uh, Usually, I'm more interested in the relationship part, but I was like equally interested in her like Mm -hmm. life and girl.
1: Oh, you gotta emancipate yourself. Yes, yes. But I really liked that she was able to. But she was. She still. I mean, for the most part, has a good relationship with her family. It didn't like ruin things. Her mom. I mean. Oh, I did feel so sad for her. I was like, you're yeah. not a disappointment just because yeah. you don't want to be a lawyer yeah. and, like, quote-unquote change the
0: world Yeah, in that way. Honestly, and I am not being, like, facetious in any way about this, but, like, interior decorating is changing the world, too. It's Dude, I fully agree. It's a very artistic thing. Yeah. Yeah. And being an
1: artist is a beautiful thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, is there anything else we want to talk about for this amazing book? I mean, I honestly feel
1: like I could go on for much longer, but (laughs) then I think we would go too long. I feel like I have so much to say about this book, but we covered a lot of it.
0: (laughs) We sure did. Well, if we need another rep, we can add another rep. We'll be like, you know what? Five years from now, we'll be like, we just need to revisit We story. had to go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, I point, definitely think that everybody should read this book. I, I agree. I think it should definitely... I, I mean, that's why we put it on the podcast, because yep. it's awesome. We and only recommend books that we fully love. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um... Contact us in all the ways. And otherwise, go forth and masturbate. Or do what you want. Yeah. (laughs) Or (laughs) don't. (laughs)